Welcome to another episode of Kids Ministry Real Talk. First, I just want to thank you for listening. If you are a longtime listener, thank you so much for your support. It's been so great to journey and chat with so many of you over these past couple months since we've started doing this. And if this is your first time listening, then welcome. We hope that this conversation is helpful for you and your kids or youth ministry or whatever your ministry context is, uh, that this would help you actually do the thing that you're trying to do um, in God's kingdom. So today we have a very exciting conversation. I'm talk with Mike Kahn, who is the lead pastor of Impact 580 Church in Duncan, Oklahoma. And he is also the creator of Sold Out Leadership Labs, which is an amazing ministry working with um, children and going into schools and actually teaching the truth, um, helping them understand their emotions and cultivate relationships. And he explains all about that. Mike has over 10 years of kids ministry experience. He's also has tons of youth ministry experience, worship ministry experience, and now in his context of being a lead pastor, and he's also working with kids on a week-to-week basis. So this is an amazing conversation. You can find out more about Mike at soldoutleadershiplabs.com. You can also follow him on all social media at soldoutmike, Instagram, Twitter. And also, if you want to reach out to him and talk with him directly, he said he gave us a, his email, mike at soldoutleadershiplabs.com. So you can find him all there. So please go check him out. I'm really excited. Uh, for everyone to hear this conversation, Mike shared tons of wisdom, and I even got convicted, and he is actually very vulnerable in this conversation, so I know you're going to love it, so please enjoy this conversation with Mike Kahn. Awesome. Mike, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. So excited to chat with you about kids ministry, leadership, um, all these are great topics that I know you have just a wealth of knowledge. So thanks so much for being on the podcast today. It's my pleasure, Zach. Thanks for having me, man. Mike, would you just be able to start and give everyone a little bit of context, a little bit of your story, um, even briefly going back, even how you got into ministry and kids ministry. And I know you're very passionate about your, your wife and your kids. So tell us a little bit about that as well. Thanks, man. Uh, yeah, I sing my first song in church when I was six, uh, I messed up. We had to start over. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> and then I trusted Jesus when I was nine. I got baptized shortly after. And then when I was a senior in high school, when I was 18, um, I surrendered to the ministry. And I didn't really know what that meant, except my youth pastor was great, and I wanted to be just like him. I wanted to be the next youth pastor that we had. Um, our, uh, so that was, that's kind of where we started. I played sports. I started when I was five. I ended up playing college football at Southwestern Oklahoma State University in Weatherford, Oklahoma, which was great. Um, and then I officially retired after one season. Uh, I played college football. It was great. It just wasn't, my heart wasn't it anymore. And so um, I retired from there. And I got my first church job in 1996 when I was 19 years old. And um, I, again, tried to be the, the, the next great youth pastor. And um, I had lots of bumps in the road. Some of them uh, I were self-inflicted. Um, some of them was just stuff I didn't understand. I didn't know to... Um, be afraid of or be aware of is a better way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love, and I love the church. Um, now I'm 42 and I've had more weeks where I've gotten a paycheck from a church than where I didn't get a paycheck from a church. And so, wow. um, I love the church and who the church is meant to be. Um, 
staff wise, I've been, um, I've done, I've done youth pastor work. I've done worship leader work, um, kids, obviously kids ministry. Um, and I, I love it. The only thing I hadn't done is preach. And uh, I would always rather write a song about it and sing it, um, or something like that. But then, um, now for the last, uh, 14 months or so I've been, um, at impact 580. I started as a campus pastor there and, um, now I'm the lead pastor and I get to, uh, I get to do shepherding in a way that I feel like I'm built to do it. Like God's been kind of preparing me, preparing me for that. Um, at times in kids ministry, maybe some people identify with this. I would feel like, like at Thanksgiving dinner, when the grownups are at the big table where the actual mashed potatoes are and everything else, everybody's there. And then I was be at the kids table and like, if you want anything, you got to go and wait till nobody else is eating it. And then they put it on your plate. And then you go back and sit down and eat it. It's kind of like, this is the main deal. You come back, but you got to go back and kind of go from there. And I know that's not the spirit of it. And I certainly, I don't even feel like that's accurate. That's just how I felt sometimes. And now as a lead pastor, we've got a team of, we have eight folks on our staff team and it's, awesome to be able to partner with them and watch them do the thing that they're built to do and um where we all kind of go i mean we're not like the avengers but we all work together in the community yeah. we go to the high school the youth pastor goes to the high school our kids ministry leaders go to the elementary schools um i go to the coffee shop i mean i go <laughs> we're in schools all over the place in yeah. different places just to make an impact in our community so i love that um, it's greater than I thought that it would be, but I had lots of dreams when I was serving in kids and this is what, this is great. It's what I'm doing now. Um, how can I leverage that and have a little bit more influence or maybe different influence? So, um, I got my first kids ministry position after we had, um, our daughter Rayleigh and, uh, I really loved being a daddy and my wife said, um, at the time we were, uh, I was not on staff. I was in leadership at the church and I was working in the insurance industry, but mm -hmm. she said, have you considered kids ministry? And I kind of laughed at that because that was always like the, well, if you can't be a youth pastor, maybe you should go work with kids. Like that's kind of how I thought it was. I know that's not true. Mm -hmm. And then I read this book by Sue Miller, which is a great book. And it's how to make your kids ministry the best hour of your kids week. And it's an, if that's, that there's two books that I recommend to everyone who's serving with kids anywhere, that one. And that's the one that really reshaped what I believe to be true about kids ministry. And the other one is think orange by Reggie join. Um, mm -hmm. of course that's like, that's like my kids ministry Bible. Like those two are things that I think is so practical and it's, it's a mindset. So much of what we do is a mindset that's affected by our attitude. And if we think that we're at the kiddie table, then that's probably where we are. But with that book with Sue Miller, it's like, hey, what's your mission statement? What are your core values? And that's how they launched at Willow Creek. Well, the church we were serving in, we didn't have nothing. We just had, it was a portable church and a movie theater. Mm. And so we took whatever we had and then we started working together and we there was a team of us and I got to be, I kind of take a leadership role. Um, I was at a park. Uh, and I can, I can give you the journal entry of where I said, I believe, uh, God's calling me into kids ministry. So I had this kind of the state to put in the ground. So on days where I didn't feel valuable, I could come back to that. And I knew this is where God wanted me to be. 
Yeah. So that's that launched into uh, about 11 years of kids ministry, which I had a great time with that. Um, I had a mostly great time with that. <laughs> Just like everyone, there's yeah. no matter what job or what season or what ministry we do, there's a whole long list of stuff that, man, this was awesome and life-changing. And I know God was with me here. And there's always a thing where you're like, I know, I know God told Moses, don't be afraid because I've gone before you and I'm with you, but he wasn't here. Like you think, man, this is no way this is, this is what God has for me, but it's really valuable. One thing I love about you and what you're doing is you have these conversations that are recorded where you get to say your opinion and you get to hear your own voice. You can play back later, hear your own voice say, I know this is what God asked for me. I know this is what God wants for me. If you journal, you can look and see it in your own handwriting. I know July 12th, 2000, whatever, this is when God told me to do kids ministry. Right. And then on days where you don't feel like it, you can bring that back up and be like, oh, Mike's greatest encourager is Mike. Right. But most of the time, uh, most of the time, <laughs> Mike's not very encouraging to himself. Like when I replay over and over in my mind, it's not, my highlight reel, it's, nope, didn't do that right. You didn't do that right. So I have the, the opportunity to speak to myself more. John Gordon's a great, um, he's a great follow in all leadership spaces. And he recently said, you should, you should listen to yourself less and talk to yourself more. Hmm. Because you know, you know what you need to hear. It sounds kind of crazy, but, but if Mike came to me, and said, hey, I've got this issue. I would give him great advice because I know him, I know his heart, but I'm not, I don't have all the hangups of what his internal dialogue would be. Right. So I think if we'll take the approach to kind of coach ourselves, that that start, I mean, that's in every in every case. Uh, I never worked on my master's degree because I don't have one. But for you, I'm sure there are times when you're like, man, I'm not sure if this is the day. This actually might be the day I, I'm a former master's degree student or whatever. Mm -hmm but then you can coach yourself into it. And I, I found myself, um, I found that very useful um, to me on days where I felt like no one, since we're not doing kids church today, nobody really sees value in what I do. So right. that was one thing that was really difficult for me in kids ministry. Yeah, that's definitely a big thing. I, re I remember uh, when I was first doing kids ministry and people, I'd, I'd have to tell my friends that weren't Christian. Oh, I work in kids ministry. And they'd say, Oh, that's fun. And that term, <laughs> it really bothered me because it, it, it wasn't, it was fun, but that wasn't the key factor that I saw in it. I said, listen, I oversee the biggest volunteer team in our church. Um, yeah. and it wasn't very big, but you know, there's a lot of people that go into that it's it's a big team we're actually cultivating young minds here we're t preaching the gospel we're taking god's word and we have to explain it very accurately very simply we got a lot of responsibility here and i had a lot of expectation on my shoulders it didn't feel fun on sunday morning that's exactly things right. were going wrong um because it was important i thought it was and and that's hard and that can be going into what you're talking about that can be hard of well maybe this is just fun does this matter and yeah. that that self-talk can be very encouraging or very harmful to where you're going as a person and yeah. that's exactly right and it's i mean it's um it's one of the things that, that unites us really um because 
because when we look in the mirror and I say this to kids, when I get to go into schools, I know we'll talk about that in a minute. Whenever I get to, when I'm in front of kids, I say, you and I are a lot alike. We're very similar. Um, whenever you're brushing your teeth or brushing your hair, and we should do that a lot. Whenever we're brushing our teeth or our hair, we look in the mirror and we don't see our highlight reel. We see ways where we've messed up or ways where we got in trouble or we hear over and over again. Oh, Mike, I can't believe you did this. And it's not like like people, they didn't mean to lie to me when I was a kid, but they did. They said, sticks and stones will break your bones, but, and then they finished the sentence, words will never hurt me. Yeah, that's not accurate. Because right. if I get in a fight and the kid punches me in the nose, it's going to hurt. But he's not going to come back in the morning while I'm brushing my teeth or fixing my hair and punch me in the nose again. It's not, yeah. he doesn't come back. But the words that people say, they're on loop. And so we have these opportunities with our words to really speak life to people or to bring them down. But one of the issues that we have in our community, and I think it's probably, I know it's not just in our community. That's why we had a government shutdown in the United States here not too long ago. Right. Um, we look at each other and we see ways where we're different. And we immediately go to ways that we're different instead of ways that we're similar. There's always going to be things that are different about us, but there's also always going to be more things, more ways we're alike. But the problem is if we just look at things that are different, then my different has to be better than your different immediately. So then we're adversaries. I got to be up here. That means you got to be down here. Well, that's the biggest problem. We don't look at and see ways that we're the same. Okay, you can do this. So I can do this and we can work together. And this is going to be an entirely different setup, which is why I think the church is the absolute best place to unite all these different, uh, all these different fronts. Right. That's awesome. That's amazing. So you're a lead pastor. Now you got 11 years of kids ministry, and then you start this new initiative, uh, sold out leadership labs. Could you tell us about this and your heart behind starting this? Uh, Absolutely. Just another thing, which I don't think, I didn't think you could do more, but you're going on telling me about this amazing thing. Uh, so yeah, give us a little a bit about that. Well, the sold out leadership labs, I call it sold out because um, my all my social media handle is sold out Mike at you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'm sold out Mike. The reason I'm sold out Mike is because I want Jesus to sit in every seat in the arena of my life. Uh, I want to be totally sold out to him. Um, when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He said, Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbors yourself. That sounds like being sold out. There's nothing left. So I, I don't want to hold anything back. Um, so I, I, as when I was a kid, uh, I was a children's pastor, and I would hear people say this over and over again. It drove me crazy. Kids these days, and then they would finish it with something that's not positive. Mm -hmm. And I thought there's got to be something that I can do about that. And I don't know what it would be like. Again kitty table how's that going to work um but i went to a fifth grade teacher in um in our school and i said man the fifth graders have a reputation that has preceded them and it is not good and i'd like to talk with them could i talk with them for about 30 minutes before they go to middle school and she said no but i'll give you an hour and mm -hmm. so we set a time where i came in with a stool and a note card and I, I had four things on the note card and I just wanted to tell him I'm for you. I'm a dude in the community who doesn't have to be for you, but I am, I don't have to be here. I'm not getting paid to be here, but I'm for you. You just need to know that now that you know that I'm for you, I got to tell you something you're not going to like to hear. I got to tell you the truth. Um, and then I told him this thing that's become one of my, uh, I'm more, I'm, 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 I'm known 
for that around here uh, quite a bit. I say you're entering. I know you're not going to like this, so I'm going to raise my eyebrows really high and I'm going to smile and say you're entering the most selfish phase of your life. And kids are like, "What? Why are you coming to tell me that? I'm selfish. I'm not selfish. You're selfish. You're old and selfish." Okay. Right. But we know with research that you're going into this fourth, fifth, sixth grade phase of life, dude. You, it's all about me, myself, and I for you. Hmm. Um, so, uh, so this leadership lab, this whole dot leadership lab, it actually started as a level five leadership lab because I only talk to fifth graders. I'm not really creative. I try to look for context clues and stick a name on it that makes sense. Um, so it was just a nine session framework on leadership where, um, after that talk with the note card, uh, the next year, the school year rolled around and I got to talk with that, um, the teacher, she's fantastic. And she said, you know how you did a talk at the end of the year last year? Well, what if you did a talk at the beginning of the year this year? Kind of bookend it, the beginning and the end. I'm like, okay, that's great. Right. I said, well, I mean, my son's actually in your class this year. I'm not homeroom parent material, but uh, I would be glad to come in maybe once a month. And she said, that'd be great. What did that look like? I said, I have no idea. Let me go home and, and, and check and see. And then I came, that was a Friday. I came back on Monday with a nine session framework on leadership for fifth graders. And it was stuff from Seth Godin and uh, Simon Sinek and Dave Ramsey and Andy Stanley and some big name thinkers that don't typically speak to kids. But as a kids pastor, I have this processor that we all have, right? Um, how to take something and then run it backwards and show, okay, how could I say this in a way that makes sense to a kid? Mm. So um, I didn't know if there was any interest or need for that. So I was very... Um, uh, sheepish maybe would be a good way to say, I don't know if you're interested in this, but this is what I think would be important. Mm -hmm. And so long story short, or, um, talked with them, ended up, they loved it. Hey, let's, let's work that in. And so, um, we talked, we scheduled five sessions, eight sessions, nine sessions. Okay. We got them scheduled. Then I talked to another elementary school, the town we live in, in Duncan, Oklahoma here, we've got five different elementary schools. So, talked with all of them. And then there were a couple of the surrounding areas. So hmm. the first year was the pilot year. We did um, partnership with eight, uh, eight different schools and ended up doing 77 sessions, Wow, which was great. It was a lot. And about session one, I was like, I'm fine if you come and you play a game on my home turf, right? So if you come to church, you come to the kids area, the kids zone, I got you. Come on in. You're, you're, you're in Mr. Mike's playground, right? Right. But to go to the schools, the first time I'm thinking, I hope I just don't die. Like, I just want to I just want to make it through this talk because uh, I was really nervous, even though it's the same kids I talk to every week. Mm -hmm. And then about session 10, I'm starting thinking, oh, OK, this is pretty cool. I can I can do it. like no one's thrown stuff at me. Nobody's fallen asleep. Nobody's gotten up and left except to go to the bathroom, which is what we do at church. Right. So that's <laughs> that's all kind of the same. But then about session 20, everything changed for me. I was like, what in the world? As long as I don't pray and I don't say the name Jesus, mm -hmm. I can do everything else that I've done for 20 years on Wednesday nights. Wow. And so that changed, that opened up a whole lot of things for me. Then I started really getting some confidence because one of the topics we have is, um, Empathy versus apathy. Those two words sound very similar, but they're opposite. Like 
Apathy is all about me, myself, and I. It doesn't matter. Khadija, I don't need you. It doesn't matter how it applies to you. This is all about me. But empathy is the opposite. I'm about to say something, but I wonder how Zach's going to take it before I say it. Let me think through what would he maybe think about that. So if you want to have empathy, there's three things you got to do to have empathy. And this is exactly what I say in the schools. There's three things you got to do to have empathy. You got to be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. I don't have to tell him the address of that is James 119. Right. But that's what Jesus' little brother said. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Well, if you want to have empathy and figure out how someone else might feel about this, that's the best. I mean, there may be something better. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. So I get an opportunity to go into schools and help the students feel valued and respected, help them feel seen. I have that basic belief in life that everyone has the right to feel valued and respected and everyone has the responsibility to value and respect everyone. Hmm. And we have this little secret handshake wave thing. It's not really a handshake, but um, I start waving in the classroom and say, if you think I'm waving at you, raise your hand. And people over on the left side, I'm like, really, you think I'm waving at you? You're all the way over here. Um, <laughs> but some of the most embarrassing times of my life is when, I waved back at someone, but they weren't waving at me. They were waving right. at the person behind me. I'm like, oh. So, so I say, okay, whenever you see me at Walmart, Brahms, or Rib Crib, which are the three places they're most likely to see me, a barbecue place, an ice cream place, and where you get everything you get at Walmart. Um, so whenever you see me, here's what I want you to do. I want you to do this wave to me. And it's, it's kind of it, – it looks like a butterfly motion, like people put their hands – uh, run them together in front of themselves, their thumbs hook, and then they start waving. And I tell them, listen, especially with fifth grade, it's kind of funny. Hey, this is not flying the bird. Mr. Mike didn't come into your school and teach you how to fly the bird. That's not what this is. But so they'll see me at places and they'll wave at me like this. And then I'll wave back. And I say, every time you do this to me, I will always do it back to you. If you ever do this to me and I don't do it back to you, and I realize this is a podcast, not a video podcast. So, uh, Use your imagination. Um, every time you do this to me, I will always do it back to you. And if I don't do it back to you, either one of two things has happened. Either one, I didn't, I didn't see you. Or two, you didn't do it to me. You did it to another guy who looks like me. In which right. case, he probably won't do this back. But if he does, just roll with it. So it's kind of a fun thing. And so you won't believe whenever we're out, I'm out with my family or with our church staff team or wherever we are. Mm-hmm these kids run around and they start waving at me like this. And it's kind mm -hmm. of a cool thing. The reason it's a cool thing is because as of yesterday, we've done 205 sessions. Wow. And in an average session is around 50 students. Mm -hmm. So my math is uh, not awesome, but it's not <laughs> horrible. So that's 10,150 people. Now, that's not an exact number. That's just estimates. Yeah. But the reason that's significant is because that's 10,000 people that I got to walk into their life mm -hmm. on a day that wasn't a Sunday. And I got to tell them, I'm here for you. I think you're rock and roll. And you're not defined by your most recent failure. And there's all this stuff that I think is going to help you navigate these social emotional issues in life. I don't word it that way because that's not exciting. Um, yeah. But where they feel valued or they feel seen. Um, I've gotten a chance to do some teacher development training, which has been really cool as well. So, but my dream, uh, I have a, a buddy of mine who after 150 sessions or so, he, he started pushing me and I wasn't really comfortable with the conversation. 
he said, um, hey, how many of these are you going to do? And I said, as many as, and he stopped me and he put his finger in my face and said, don't you dare right. say as many as God will let me. Right. That's, that's a chicken way out. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, you're kind of a jerk right now. And <laughs> we're good friends and we, we're able to, we have the relationship where we can say, we can say that and other things. Um, I said, well, at least let me think about it. He said, all right, think about it, pray about it, and then let me know. Mm-hmm. So I prayed, thought about it, and I have this dream now. I have this vision. I have this idea. So I got to call him and tell him what the number is. I call him and I say, hey, man, it's, uh, uh, I, I've got a number, but it's way too big. He said, tell me the number. I said, I got a number, but I'm not comfortable with it. He said, tell me the number. I'm going to hang up on you. I said, the number is 500,000 sessions. Wow. And he said, 500,000 sessions. And then he says this exactly like this. He goes, hmm. That sounds like a great start for the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Hmm. Wow. And then I called him a jerk. No, I didn't. I didn't. He, <laughs> he, because I was so small minded in my thinking and thinking, how, how many can I even do? And does this even matter? And, and I kept waiting for people when I would speak with counselors or talk to teachers or principals to say, oh, that's nice. Go back to your church sandbox because we got this here in the schools. But no one's ever said that. They say, oh, really? You're in the church and you want to come and serve in the school? Um, can you not pray and not say the name Jesus? Yes. Okay, great. Then there's something that you could do. Yeah. So we partner with the PTO. We um, One of the things I'm the most excited about with this, uh, the Sold Out Leadership Labs now, I had to change the name of it because we weren't just dealing with fifth graders anymore. Now we started last year, we started working with some fourth graders and some fifth graders. And then one of the teachers said, Ooh, do you have anything for middle school? I'm like, what do you need? Like, not like I got God, I'm God's gift to this, but, but I'm ready to come in and speak life into your kids. So what are some issues that they have? I said, I said, I have these three main buckets that I teach from. The first one is cultivate culture. Culture is the way we do stuff or the way we allow it to be done. And cultivates a farming term that just means control what you can control. So what can we control that we should control? Like bullying falls into that. If I see someone bullying someone else, like I could report it, I could ignore it, or I could join it. There may be something else, but those are the three main ways I can be involved in it. But if I do nothing, then I'm ignoring it and I'm still being part of the problem instead of part of the solution. So cultivate culture is the first bucket. The second one is choose to collaborate. No one, no one falls into a collaboration. Collaborate is just a big word means work together. Sharing is caring. Right. There's a lot of different ways to put it, but you got to choose to work together with somebody. Um, and the third bucket is servant leadership. If you're not servant leadership, you're just bossing people around. Like, and if you're bossing people around, you'll be the only one there before long because people won't, they won't put up with that. Um, so we have those three buckets and then I have a bonus bucket. And I just call that dreaming. Martin Luther King Jr. is known for his dream. Uh, I wonder what your dream's going to be. Steve Jobs built his first computer in the garage the year I was born. And I'm sure he never dreamt that over 1 billion iPhones would be sold and we'd all have over a million songs in our pocket. Mm -hmm. He just took the next step. Um, And I don't talk about politics with anyone who can't divorce me which means I only talk about it with my wife. Um, But every president of the United States at some point had to say, huh, leader of the free world. Yeah, I can do that. Like, and what I really wanted 
when I started with fifth graders was to trace it back and see that Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream began when he was just a boy in fifth grade. Oh, that would have been perfect. That doesn't exist. That's not like, I couldn't trace it back to that. Right. But I can say, and this is how I, I close most of our sessions, man, I wonder what you're going to be known for. I wonder what your dreams are going to lead you to do, what part of the solutions you're going to be because of the dreams. Um, there's a quote by Seth Godin that really was the catalyst for all of this for me. And um, the quote is, tell us your truth, the world as you see it and as you wish it to be. Mm-hmm. And the world as I saw it at that point was a whole bunch of people blaming stuff on kids and not investing in them. And the world as I wish it to be is a world that's full of hope, a world that doesn't just write off people, humans in general. Um, but man, you're not defined by your most recent mistake. And here's, here's the next right step. Let's all take the next right step. So, um, uh, when we did session 200, a couple of weeks ago, I chose to do it and aim it at the juniors and seniors of the high school leadership class. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is because now over the past, probably 10 or 15 sessions, they've come with me into the schools. We only, we do leadership labs in our town in Duncan. And so we have five elementaries and so one high school. And so the high school class has a leadership class of about 24, I think. And so I'm partnering with the teacher of that class to divide those kids up in different ways. And then they'll come and I'll give them one of these subtopics and they'll, they'll teach it. And so the, they're immediately rock stars because they're teenagers and I'm an old guy who's with some rock stars. So that gives me a little more credibility, which <laughs> is good for me. Um, but the great thing about it is the teenagers, they get to, they, they get to share some of the content that I put together, right. but then they also get to add their own two cents to it, their own experience to it. And when a kid sitting crisscross applesauce in fifth grade, or in their desk or whatever the scenario is, sees a high schooler that says, man, I've been where you are. They feel seen, they feel valued. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that I want more than anything. I want to help people feel seen, Um, which is really difficult in, you know, fifth, sixth grade in in middle school, like we're trying to help them feel seen and they're trying to be invisible. Like, Mm -hmm. because most of the time, if you see me, it's because I got caught not being good. I, I got caught doing something. And I got to pay the piper for it or whatever. We got to, we got to change that culture to where you don't only get recognized for something that you didn't do right. So, um, that's, um, that's why we did it for the, with the juniors and seniors. And, um, this partnership, it's very user-friendly. Like if you've got teenagers in your church that are serving the students in elementary school, Take that idea, why we think that's a great idea, and then copy and paste that into the local public school. And that's what this is. It's so, so great. Um, I just can hear people listening right now and thinking, you know, Mike, that's so great. Good for you for doing this thing. And the principle, just to explain kind of what you're doing, is going to where the people are. You're going to where the kids are. And I think this is the greatest thing we can do as a church is to go where people in need, the people who need Jesus most go where they are. 
They're mm-hmm. never going to come across the street to where our church is. So let's go to them. And just to help people listening and they're filtering through all this stuff, what can you do just to go across the street to where those kids are, to where those people are, whoever your ministry context is, is how can you just go to them? And I, I love how you contextualize it. It seems like, well, we can't talk about Jesus. Well, let's just talk about truth and let's just right. talk about real life and let's talk about, and all these things will point back to Jesus. We just won't say his name. Uh, That's exactly right. They'll get to find him through life, through truth. And then one day they'll go like, what, what's, what's different about you? You know, what's, what's going on? And then it's like, well, let me tell you about this guy. Um, that's so cool. There's a, there's a girl named Bree, and, um, we have an after school program where kids go when their parents are still working. And Bree was in the first group who went through the entire, uh, all nine sessions is what it was at that time. And, um, our youth pastor and I went after school one day to play basketball, not to tell them what we know about basketball or show them, but just to play with them. Because as you just said, wherever they are, that's where we want to go. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work out where everybody can do it. I can't do it every day, but there was this day, I think it was a Tuesday, where we went and we played basketball. And then it was a water break. Everybody everybody uh, went and took a break. And then we go outside into the lobby and there's a girl named Bree. And Bree knew me because I'm Mr. Mike and I've been in her school. And she came over with one of her friends and her friend said, it's okay, go ahead and ask him. And so she goes, um, can I ask you a question? I said, yeah, sure. I'm sweaty playing basketball. She goes, um, I want to ask Jesus in my heart. Can you help me with that? Wow. I said, yeah, I can help you with that right now. We can go right over there and we can talk about it. So here we are in this gym a YMCA kind of a place. Ours is called the Simmons Center. And there's this girl who, because she heard me tell her the truth, I'm not saying it's because I told her she was in the most selfish phase of her life, but because she heard me be honest with her Mm -hmm. and be encouraging to her, she had a friend who said, hey, yeah, I'll go stand by you and encourage you. It's the exact same thing that we would do at the end of a Wednesday night service, except it was Tuesday at 4.30 because I didn't wait. And it'll be the same for everybody. Wherever they are, whoever your target audience is, and that sounds like they're projects instead of people. That's not what I mean. I mean, the people that you've been chosen and entrusted to minister to, to go and to to lead to the throne of the God who created the universe. Whenever you go to them and they... (laughs) had no idea she was going to ask me. Of all the questions she could ask me, Hey, uh, children's pastor. Or I was a lead pastor at that point. Hey, lead pastor, um, can you help me get saved? Even though we're not at church? Uh, yeah, uh, I can, hold on. Let me, yeah, I cannot get up with that. Yeah, that's something I can totally do. It was so cool. And that's, I think that's the thing. We have um, our particular town, we have around 23,000 people. And we have about 91 churches, which sounds bonkers. It sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but what if... What if we, the church, would take one step towards the school mm-hmm. instead of instead of waiting for them to come to us? What if what if all of our ninety one churches would say, and there's some with thousands and some with hundreds and some with dozens or a dozen maybe? Mm-hmm. What if we would just say, "Hey, I don't have to 
be all things to all people, right? I'm just going to do this next thing. Here's all I can do. One of the topics that we do is uh, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Mm -hmm. And that sounds a whole lot like Andy Stanley's sermon series, do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. That's in the section on choose to collaborate. And the way I illustrate that is my family likes to go to the beach in the summertime. And so they're jellyfish in the beach, which make getting in the ocean less than pleasant. I can't rid the ocean of jellyfish, but I can take my little net. Uh, I don't do it. My youngest son does it. <laughs> we go in there, scoop them out. Then we take some steps up to the sand, shovel out a hole, put the jellyfish in the hole, cover it back up. And we're not ridding the entire ocean of jellyfish, but we are making sure that that jellyfish doesn't sting a little kid or whatever. It's the same kind of thing. Well, I can't, I, we've got 1200 kids in our high school. There's, there's no way I could minister all of them. You don't have to minister to all of them, but can you go and eat lunch with them? We've got five different elementary schools, Mike. Are you telling me you got to go to everyone? No, you don't have to. You can just wait for them to come to you and maybe they will. Uh, one of my favorite ways to go where people are in kids ministry, um, of course, Mr. Mike, there's a whole lot of alliteration Mondays with Mr. Mike. Um, so we would do lunch on Mondays and on Sunday morning, I'd have everybody's name in a bucket. If you want your name to be in the bucket, you can put it in the bucket and then we'll have one person draw a name out of the bucket and then I'll come eat lunch with you tomorrow at your school, which is fun. Um, only, but your name only goes in the bucket if you put it there. So like, there's not a kid who's like, oh, please don't come eat with me. Like, you signed up for this. So I, I'm not an artist, but I do draw stick people. And I also draw a picture of my own face. And so um, uh, I draw the eyes and then glasses and that. And for some reason, like the kids kind of like it. And so I put it on a t-shirt and it says, I survived lunch with Mr. Mike. And so when the kid wins, I give him that shirt today. And then I go, I have the same shirt. And so then I show up at your school Monday at lunchtime wearing my shirt. And they're like, the, all the kids in the school, they're like, uh, why do you have that guy's, is that someone's face on your shirt? Like, <laughs> what is that? And then I show up to school wearing the same shirt and the kids are like, oh, okay. Is that your dad? No, I'm not everyone's dad. I'm, I'm Mr. Mike. And so we sit down, all the kids have trays or they have their lunch that they had from home, whatever they've got. And then we play, would you rather? Like, I'm not against cafeteria food, but I don't go for lunch with Mr. Mike so I can eat the school's food. That's not why I'm there. Right. So I go and every kid, like this kid that I'm sitting with who won the drawing yesterday, they're the hero and I'm the guy. Mm -hmm. And all the kids around them, I'm like, hey, I got some would you rathers. Would you rather eat a snow cone or an ice cream cone? Go. And every kid around the circle answers the question. Um, all right, would you rather go snow skiing or water skiing? Everyone answered. Would you rather do a slip and slide or a pudding flop? What's a pudding flop? Well, a pudding flop is a slip and slide, but essentially it's pudding at the end. And so you slide right through the pudding and it's kind of gross, but also really cool. Um, <laughs> no one chooses the straight slip and slide over the pudding flop after I explain it. So, but the point is we have all these questions and it's about 20 minutes, maybe, maybe 10, depending on also depending on if we can continue talking because of the cafeteria and the loudness and all those things. Right. But I get to come in and sit down with this kid and they're the hero. Mm -hmm. No matter if you like the kid or if you don't like the kid, or if you like grownups like me, or you don't like grownups like me. This, this lunchtime is different today because, um, because there's this guy who's not normally here. 
Mm-hmm. And so everybody gets to be part of the conversation. Well, the, the, the thing that was interesting to me when I started doing that, I prayed to God, there's no way I can eat lunch with all these kids. So help me, help me, help me spend time with the kid who needs it the most this week. Mm. And you're probably going to um, at least consider the possibility that I'm embellishing this story for effect. The first three times we did it, the person whose name was drawn out was my son. That's not a lie, even though I wish it were. Because when I pray to the God of the universe who knows everything about everyone, and I say, God, please, 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 let's draw the name of the kid who needs to spend the most time with me. And it's my own son. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was tough. Hmm. And um, there were other kids that were drawn, which was good. Um, But the first time there was a little, oh, hey, it's Mike's son, Mr. Mike's son. The second time it's like, oh, Mr. Mike's son. And of course, there's other kids. That's rigged. I want to, I want to have, he's your dad. You can eat with him every day. Well, apparently not. So, uh, Hmm. but the third time I was like, really, God? How's this possible? Because as a as a kids pastor, I'm doing what I can to help every kid feel seen, feel valued. Right. So are you telling me then that this time I'm spending with the kids in the community, now I'm neglecting my own like and then I start running crazy with all these negative ideas. Right. Are you sure is this even what I'm supposed to be doing? Um that was tough. But we know that God works all things for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Yes. And so hopefully if you would, if my son was sitting here next to me and then we turned the camera this way, Hey, how's it been since then? Hopefully he wouldn't say, man, I wish I could put my name in the bucket again. Right. Um, that's something we've got to guard, man. And, Mm -hmm. um, I had a guy, probably the most impactful thing that I heard when I was new to ministry and I didn't realize it until later was uh, a guy said, um, don't, don't make your ministry your mistress. Hmm. I was like, that sounds weird. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, but the point now, I got my first church job in 1996 and today is 2019. And I have a lot of friends who used to be in ministry that now are really, really good insurance salesmen Mm. or different things. And there's a million reasons why I could do that. But on the days where I feel like I'm not seen or like maybe I'm not even in the right place, um, I've got to remember that this is something that I'm chosen and entrusted by the God of the universe to do. In the same way, I'm chosen and entrusted by the God of the universe to be Jesus' husband. Yeah. And in the same way, Rayleigh Jackson and Jacob's daddy. And um, sometimes it's easy for us to get that confused because this doesn't happen at my house. Man, where'd he go, baby? You took out the trash. That's so good. Which if, <laughs> I'm certain it won't happen now, but that's not how that works. 
But in church life, sometimes we do something that's so public where people respond and they're like, oh, pastor, oh, children's pastor, oh, children's right. leader, oh, whatever you did was so good. And we're like, that was pretty good. Yeah. Where can I go get some more of that? Well, right. social media. But, um, so that's um, that's a big part of it. I guess to, to kind of put a bow on that part of it, the leadership labs, man, it's the teachers feel valued and respected. The students feel valued and respected, and they learn how to value other people instead of say, oh, you look weird. I mean, they still say their fair share of that. But this is all about culture. In every organization, in every community, the culture is the greatest variable. And if your culture is strong, the, the community is going to be great. But if your locker room is toxic because of gossip or because of um, comparison or because of any of the things that mess up our chemistry on a team, that's, that's going to be where things start to sink. Right. Um, and so that's why this is so important. It's so valuable. One crazy thing that's happened now, um, I have some business owners in town that are saying, so, so you, um, you teach how to navigate social emotional issues for kids. Yeah. Um, that sounds a whole lot like developing soft skills for employees at work. Is that something hmm. that you could maybe come talk about? Uh, oh, you mean, do I think that uh, how to cultivate culture is not just something that will play in an elementary school, but also could play in the business world and in the church life? <laughs> uh, I'd be, I would be honored to have that conversation. So wow. that's something that's um, we're, we're navigating through because I, I think it's it's needed and um, more than that, some business owners are saying, uh, "Could we work together on that? Uh, maybe let's let's see what we can do." So right. that's really exciting. Wow, that's so much. That's amazing. Uh, I think on the end there, what a great reminder about our first priorities um, yeah. that God's put the most important people right in front of us, and that we've usually made commitments to our spouses, to our kids, to to minister and to cultivate, and all the things that we want to do for everyone it first needs to happen with those closest to us. And uh, that's true for everyone, uh, no matter what ministry context you're in or if you're not doing ministry, that's true for you. Um, Absolutely. So as, you, as we look at all that, uh, all what would you say to someone listening who is thinking, okay, that sounds great. I have that conviction as well that I need to go out, do something what would you say as encouragement or even a place to start with that? Um, I think the, the first thing is, what are you great at? And try to find a way to do something you're great at, where you're, you're not imposing your will on someone else. Like if you're great at music, grab a guitar, go into a classroom and, and learn Blues Clues, which is old, um, or learn um, Imagination Movers, which is less old, The Wiggles. Anybody who can make $35 million a year, <laughs> find out what they did. Okay. Like, like just find a way to connect with people doing what you know how to do. Um, if you're a gardener, it would be awesome to go in to contact one of your teachers or wh whoever you're trying to work with and, and teach a lesson while you're potting a plant. I mean, that would be awesome. So they can see this thing that you do and connect it back to God's work. We had a great Sunday school teacher who was a second grade Sunday school teacher. 
And I said, I'm going to bring a guitar. If you ever ask me to come in and do something, I'll bring a guitar because I feel at home by the guitar. And she smiled and raised up her hand and said, I'll pot a plant anytime. And so I think one of the big mistakes we make is to try to guess what people want and then try to be that. Mm. Instead of doing that, look at who you are and what you're great at. And then how can you, how can you take this thing that you're good at and do good with it? In Matthew 5, 16, Jesus is talking about salt and light and all that stuff right there. The way I tell kids and tell people, we want to do good so other people see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. If you can take what you do and somehow meet a need that's there and then not point people to you so you can get the high fives and the hugs and the, man, you're so good at this. Not that. The reason why we do good. If you love Jesus, the only reason we want to do good is so other people see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. So if you take that concept, what can you, how can you go be part of a solution? I mean, we, we in church life, we overthink it way too much. Uh, what are you good at and how can, where, as you said earlier, where are the people go where they are and do what you're good at, but not to them, do it for them. What if you did it with them and then you're connecting people and you're providing value all over the place. Ah, amazing. That's so great. Well, we always end with, uh, this is Kids Ministry Real Talk, so we try to end with some Real Talk questions. So I have three questions for you. And the first is, what excites you um, in your ministry context? Maybe it's lead pastoring, maybe it's sold out, maybe it was kids ministry. What did just get you out of the bed in the morning when you just don't want to go do that thing? Knowing that I can help someone feel valuable. Like, that's the biggest thing, and it sounds however it sounds, but even having a conversation with the superintendent of the school district at the end of the conversation, she said, thanks for talking to me like a real person. Hmm. I feel like you saw me today. I'm like, uh, you're welcome. Like that, like, like whenever you can help someone. And I got a text message from someone this morning that said, Hey, thank you for helping me with this. I know you don't have to spend any time helping me, but thank you for doing that. Like I'm not St. Mike or anything like that, but just when you know that you can do good for someone and help them feel valuable for me, that's huge. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so second question, what's one thing you wish wasn't a part of your ministry? And maybe it's again, sold out lead shops, maybe it's lead pastoring, maybe it's kids, but one thing that you just wish you could take it out and never do it ever again. Um, this, this seeps into a couple of different places, but indifference, like I wish I didn't have indifference, whether it's June and we're talking about vacation Bible school or whether it's December and we're talking about vacation or something that's going to happen in the summertime. Like so many, so much of what we say is, man, it's, it's routine. And when you've been doing it for a while, Hey, I got this routine down pretty well, which is good. But when the passion goes out of it, and then we get to the point where we're past being angry about having to do this thing, but we become indifferent. Um, I had the opportunity to hear Dr. Bernice King speak. Her father was the late Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And she said in a room of 7,000 people, it was at the Orange Conference. She said, um, hate didn't kill my father, indifference did. And you could hear a pin drop. And so for me, I don't speak to 7,000 people ever, but, um, but I have times in my life where it's, I'm just going through the motions and then it's just kind of, that's uh, what I do today. It's then I become indifferent about it. Um, I don't want that because then, then I'm not going to care 
certainly not going to care nearly as much. Right. It's not that's one. Spe- Unfortunately, that's not one specific thing. I wish no, it's wasn't not part like of my ministry. Dirty diapers or like budgets or like something. Like that. <laughs> that's usually uh, what we get, but that's a good answer too. <laughs> I got some um, dirty diaper stories, but I will do that another time. Okay. <laughs> uh, the last question, could you give us um, a time that you messed up and just a scene from the Mike Con blooper <laughs> reel? And maybe it doesn't have to be a serious thing, but just one time where things didn't go quite as planned. Uh, my very first youth ministry job, um, I came when they were in the middle of a revival. And the guy who was working with the students said, well, I bet you... I bet you all my hair that y'all can't get uh, y'all can't get more people at more students than adults at youth night. And mm-hmm. I bet our new our new youth pastor, I bet he probably would agree to that. And I just smarted off and said, hey, I, I don't I, I don't think there's any way you can do that. It was my my first or second week on the job. And uh, so, of course, they doubled. There were more twice as many teenagers than there were kids. So we shaved my head, his head and mine at the, the next Wednesday night, which was funny. Um, a couple of months later, we went to kids camp, which was great. And I wasn't thinking I'm going to get him back. But his kid was in fourth grade. And that was part of what I got to do. I don't have to. I get to. I got to go to kids camp. And so um, the, his son came up to me and said, hey, um, would you shave my head? <laughs> yeah. So we went and got clippers at camp, like day two of camp. Um, and I, I didn't use a razor, but I did shave all of his hair off. Um, and so there was another gentleman who was actually, he, thankfully he knew me and all the things I didn't know. He also knew that kid's dad. And um, so he was kind of the buffer. And, and that could have gone really, really badly, but it was my... It was my the second day of my first year at kids camp, and I shaved the kid's head. And um, there was a, about five minutes where I'm thinking, uh, my youth ministry career was really short. Like I'm thinking, <laughs> this is over, and I'm gonna have to go wash cars or something. Wow. Well, we're glad it kept going. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Mike. This has been an unbelievable conversation. Uh, Probably the least amount of questions I've ever asked somebody, uh, which I think I didn't ask you one question. You just, (laughs) oh, well. So that's a nice way of saying (laughs) some other things. You're you're amazing at at sharing your wealth. Um, No, I absolutely love that. And I can uh, just speak for, I know people listening are now just the wheels are spinning and, and a lot of conviction too of just going out and so easy to just get stuck in our routine of what we like and what is safe but actually taking that step out and doing something a little bit beyond our comfort zone and seeing God just do amazing things um, that's that's amazing and I'm inspired by what you had to share um, could you just leave people with where can they if they want to reach out to you get more of you uh, search out about sold out leadership labs where can they find all that sure thank you um, and it's man it's been my pleasure today to visit with Zach um, yeah. you can I'm on Twitter Facebook Instagram at sold out Mike um, or, or of course you can go to our website which is sold out leadership labs.com you can send me an email my name's Mike, so you can send me an email at mike at soldoutleadershiplabs.com. Uh, that'd be probably the easiest way to do that. 
Awesome. So we'll put all that in the show descriptions. Please go check that out. Reach out to Mike if anything has stirred up uh, in you. And um, yeah, thank you so much for uh, Mike for being on the conversation today. Just a reminder, everyone else, you can check us out on Instagram, Kids Ministry Pod, or send us an email at kidsministry at gmail.com. Thank you, Mike. It's been great chatting. My pleasure, man. The God who came to save me from my sin became a man. He lived a life I could not live and died as heaven's lamb. This has been an Extend Network production.